The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to a special edition of Busted Open Radio for Black History Month. It's a black-ass episode. I am Andrea Sale. <laughs> that is Mark Henry. And we are joined by our brothers, the New Day, minus one, Big E and Xavier Woods. Uh, what's going on, brothers? Not much, man. Good. We're happy to talk to you guys. I haven't seen either of you in what seems like forever, so I'm happy to sit down and talk with you for a little bit. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's good always to be here. Good. Uh, always, always. Uh, I, I feel like I've seen you all. I mean, I talked to Andreas pretty much every single day. He's my my good friend and business partner. But uh, I saw I, I saw Mark. Uh, I think I saw you in passing in San Antonio for the Rumble. I tried, you know, like he, he was he was so jacked that I, I tried to not have a conversation with him because, you know, he making me look small now. That's that's a lie. He's just making things up now. We just lying. I was okay. intimidated. Uh-huh. We don't we don't believe a word of that. Nice try. <laughs> and Mark, oh, man, it's been I'm, a minute since I'm Mark Henry, by the way. How y'all guys doing? Hello, Mark Henry. Yes, nice to hey, meet you. Mark I got a Henry. question for you guys, and this this is this is straight up serious. I, I I know I'm a clown, but this is serious. Did you ever think in your wildest dreams that you would be a walking, living Black History moment? Is that not nuts? It's weird, to, especially to hear someone like you say it because you you are that most definitely like you you are someone that i looked up to and that's that's what i saw in wrestling i saw mark henry and i saw oh there is a strong uh driven black man who knows what he wants and is a force in this industry and like that's that that's why we're here today is because of men like you so to hear you say that about us is uh very humbling but i don't know i don't think it's something that you think about as a kid of like uh, being able to empower people in that way so specifically so to, to be in this position now is it's absolutely unreal to hear people say things like that and to see the things that people do because they're inspired by just the fact that we're we're three guys who are essentially we were just kind of floating in the water i was probably going to get fired if i'm being honest uh and, and now we're at a point where we're next year's our 10-year anniversary and to see all these young black kids who are who are so open to wrestling now and so open to being something that's not necessarily a stereotype just being themselves you know 
saying you can start at, at step one. You don't have to be put in a box and be something that anybody else thinks that you have to be. You can just be you. Uh, it's, it's, it's wild, man. It's wild. And like I said, extremely humbling. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's hard for me to really think of what we've done in the scope of, you know, when people want to talk about ranking the greatest tag teams of all time or any of those things, I will always say I have two of the greatest partners ever. I can't imagine having better partners. I think the world of Kofi and Woods, it's very difficult for me to put into context what we've done in any kind of historical sense, but I'm just proud of, of how we carried ourselves behind the scenes, what we did on screen. We were really driven. Uh, we wanted to do something unique. We wanted to find our own path. And if that resonates with people, that's something that I can take a lot of pride in. But uh, yeah, man, I'm just, uh, I feel like I won the lottery when it comes to uh, wrestling partners because I found two guys who are like family and they just happen to be uh, absurdly talented at their job. So uh, I'm, I'm just grateful. So pro um, wrestling for me is very indicative. It's like a reflection of society, right? Like I think a lot of people see things happening in pro wrestling, like in the 80s, the terrorists, the evil guys were the people of color for the most part, right? And it's always a reflection of what's going on in society. You fast forward to this point today where you guys are making change. You guys are a catalyst for change and making Black history today. But when did y'all realize that this change was actually happening? Because I think there's a distinct difference in Black talent before you guys and Black talent after you guys. When did you acknowledge and recognize that? I don't know. You got this one first? <laughs> Uh, so, and this is another thing. It wasn't like, a hard and, question. Hey. No, but, but Dre, Dre and I, we've talked about this before. And again, like I, I struggle to take any kind of credit for this, but I do, I do agree. And, you know, even sitting down, uh, we had something, uh, a week ago, a couple weeks ago, actually, uh, in New York, Connecticut area. And, uh, actually in New York, cause we were talking with Shelton when we did, uh, the wrestling club. And even just talking to Shelton about when Shelton was on the roster, his first run, he was the only black talent on Raw for a bit. And he talked about, he said actually it was, it was Mark on, I think, I think Mark, I think you might've been on SmackDown then and Shelton was on Raw. But you look around and there just weren't very many of us. Um, and I think- the, 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 uh, Put you, a point on that. Sorry to interrupt you, but to put a point on that, when I came in, there were three in both companies, in both brands. It really wasn't SmackDown at that point. SmackDown hadn't been born yet. When I came in, there were three. There was no crew. There was no camera. There was no lighting. There was no, uh, only, only the, uh, the pushers, the people that they, they get in, they move boxes and stuff at the end of the show. And before the show, we're the only black people I saw in wrestling. So yeah. it's come a, a awful long way. So you now, when you came in, you said Shelton said that he was uh, the only black wrestler on uh, Raw at the time. And then I was on SmackDown, probably a couple of other guys. Like, uh, please go go on. Right. But I mean, to, to his point, like, and we're not talking what we're talking about, uh, what, early 2000s. So not not absurdly long ago. Um, but, you know, obviously the numbers, I think, propagated as, you know, I got signed in 2009. Uh, I think Woodsy came in a year Next later. Year. Yeah, the, yeah, the following year. Um, but I think for us, if 
and again, I don't know if this is true at all, but if our legacy or part of our legacy is helping to open the door for black talent to kind of represent themselves in any way they want, that's something that I'm immensely proud of. And I'll let Woods go go on with this because it's something that he's talked about for a long time, especially with us. But, uh, you know, I think the one thing is we, we thought a lot of times like you know, white talent were allowed to do anything. And they, they, you know, pretty much any character, I'm not going to say they could just do any, anything they wanted, but as far as the spectrum of kinds of characters they could portray, it was all game. It was all open to them. But oftentimes, as Black talent, you had to fit into this box of, and again, I feel awful for, this is Woodsy's thing, but as, yeah, black, talent, <laughs> but, but as black talent, oftentimes, we're, there's, there was a certain, we felt like there was a certain number of roles, whether it was a uh, singer slash rapper or strong man or, you know, big, silent, mean time. Right. There, there weren't that many options. So uh, I think the one thing that we took, that we were just really firm on, we wanted to do things our way. We wanted to do things in a very authentic way, in a way, we just wanted to lean into the things that we loved that felt right for us. And I think oftentimes it's hard to put what we were trying to portray into a box. And many times I don't, you know, when people were to ask us in, in three words to describe the new day, it's kind of, it's not an easy box to put everything into. But, uh, you know, the one thing that I really love now is, you know, you turn on Raw, SmackDown, you look at other companies as well, is you see so many Black talent who don't fit neatly into those boxes. And that's something that I I love. Uh, and I, I look around and I see so many Black talent who I think are in great spots, and they're not getting those spots simply because of the color of their skin, to fill a quota, to fill a check mark. Like, you look at Bianca, you know, she's she's incredibly dope. It doesn't matter what color she is like that woman is too talented she's too athletic she's too charismatic it does the same thing with montez with dawkins uh you know you look around at the powerhouse hobbs of the world uh the ricky starts you look at people from all in so many different companies who are doing their thing and doing it in a way that to me feels very authentic to them like that's that's something that they feel within themselves that's a character that feels real to them and I don't feel a need as a performer to fit into a certain box because this is what I'm giving you and it's dope. Well, it's I'm, I'm, I'm going to add this to you. Um, with that, I'm going to let it, uh, I'm, I'm not going to cut you off, Woods. I'm not going to cut you off. But I, I wanted to throw that in there that y'all do have a lot to do with that. The Not, not so much the uh, opening the door for other black wrestlers, but the improvement and the ability to allow them to be different and to play different roles. Y'all had a lot to do with that. Y'all proved that you could do that because it wasn't done before you. Sorry, Woods, go ahead. It's, no, no, I, I completely agreed with all of that. and one of the most, if not the most important thing that we were focused on when we were trying to put all this together was making sure that we weren't in these uh, historically like archetyped roles where we're essentially typecast in the wrestling world because um, I feel like there's there's a certain ceiling that was put on us because we were put in those three certain boxes. Like you have to be this way and this is the only way that we, the wrestling God, will let you succeed. And it's like, no. 
either we are going to do this our way or it's just not going to happen. Because for, for me specifically, I always felt like uh, uh, one of my one of my strengths is my creativity. And I always felt if I got the chance to show that that's that's my superpower, you know, and it and it doesn't fit inside of a box. So if, if I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this with with incredible partners, like with Kofi and with E, with Kofi, somebody who wasn't really allowed to speak his mind on the microphone for I don't know how long before he got with New Day. For E, somebody who was told be stoic and be angry and a guy who I know who has one of the most vibrant personalities that I've ever come across in my lifetime. So to say that you're going to put these guys in this box because of what wrestling history has said blew my mind. And I said, I, I know, I know I'm not 6'5", I know I'm not 300 pounds, but I have something and I have the ability to show my creativity and make sure that other people get to do the same. And so by being able to have the chance to, to be New Day and to be on television and to be different, uh, I think is, is the greatest thing that, that ever happened to us. Because regardless of what we were, as you saw at the beginning, it was the, the preachers coming out. Nobody was, was with it. It was, you know, in this modern era of being a good, happy person, you, people yell at you and they boo you for that. Like, what are you talking? What? Yeah. I bring nothing but positivity. Just everybody's so cynical. So, um, so it worked out in such a way where we kind of were able to, to take the reins and go, okay, it's either, it's either stay in this lane and do this and keep your head down and get paid and do these matches and have like a fine career. Or it was, okay, well, here's the promo that you gave us. We're just going to do something different that we want to do. And if it fails, that's perfect because that means that we're not supposed to be here then. I'd rather take the jump or take the swing or, or, or you know, make, make a choice to do what I thought was right and fail because now there's not that what if when I'm older in life. I'm not saying, oh, what if I would have done this? I would have been successful. At that point in my life when I can look in the mirror and I'm gray and I got grandkids, I can say I did everything that I could and it did not work, which meant that I was not supposed to be there and I found my new path. But if it does work, then I have no regrets. And now, like I said, we are going to have 10 years of New Day next year. And, and, and that's something that is so, uh, it's a word that you keeps, keep saying, like, we're incredibly grateful that everything worked out. And uh, my grandma always said, luck is the intersection of skill and opportunity. And I think that we landed on that street at the, at the exact moment that we were supposed to, to make the impact that we did. Dude, Mark, I got to ask Guys, you Guys, I'm going to tell you right now, like, you are 100% right in <laughs> saying that because they told me, go out there and smile. And I put on red. And the whole crowd said, hey, Kool-Aid. Yep. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you why it worked. We, we, we spoke earlier about the fact that, you know, the, the people saying who's the best tag team, uh, who's the best faction of all time. Um, that, that conversation is debatable. But the – the thing that's not debatable and the reason for your being and the understanding that you just spoke of, Woods, is you guys are the most educated faction of all time. And it's not for discussion. It's not for debate. Your intellect, your education, your experience is what makes y'all who y'all are. It's, it's not the athleticism. It's not the colorful personalities. It's the thought process. You just said it. I have an idea, and creation is my superpower. 
You said you use your thought processes as a superpower. If you were a comic, if you were a comic book character, you wouldn't be Spider-Man. You wouldn't be Hulk. You wouldn't be Green Lantern. You know who you would be? You would be the thinker. Yeah. You would and be what what's the guy with the big brain uh with Spider-Man? Can't that, think of his that name. Modoc? Modoc. You would be a you would be a brilliant you, your your character would be something that required the brain the the guy with the three dots on Superman uh the computer like those those are the characters that you and when if I think of you would you Woods and Kofi and Biggie I would think Super Brain y'all the smartest people that I knew in wrestling not white or black but the smartest people that I knew in wrestling. And I was honored a lot of times to share the ring with y'all. Even the, the, the silly dancing in the back stuff that we did, you know, and I, and this is, this is a month, a month after I said, man, I don't want y'all to be dancing and, and, and playing. I want y'all to be serious because I didn't want y'all to be trivialized. Not because I was hating, but because I was trying to look out for you. And you took the colorfulness and the dance. That, this proves that regardless of you being a Hall of Famer, it caught, regardless of you feeling like, okay, I've, I've been around for 15 years, you don't always know. Like your, y'all's greatness superseded everything that came before you because what y'all did wouldn't have worked for nobody else. Yeah, it was, uh, I think we did stuff our own way in a very different way. And I have to give credit, especially to, to Woodsy, um, who as, as long as I've known him, he has just had the, the most absurd ideas, just so many ideas that you don't think fit inside the context of what we do, of our industry. And I think so many times, especially in developmental, people would scoff at him, they would laugh him off, they wouldn't. They wouldn't take his ideas seriously. And one of the things that I also love about him is this is the most persistent man I've, I've ever met. He refused to be told no time and time again. So, so Woodsy uh, was really a huge part of us getting off the ground and really shaping our identity and our, our tone early on. And, and that's one of the things that I'm, I'm so grateful that we took chances, that we did things unconventionally. Um, you know, there was a lot of outside pressure, especially early on and from a lot of the OGs, people who didn't understand what we were trying to do or what we were trying to get across. But we just wanted like, man, just be patient with us. We know where we want to go. And there are people who are, you know, trying to micromanage certain aspects of what we do, of our entrance, of how we come out. But uh, for us, it was just a matter of, of trying to bring something new to this industry. And, and one of the things that I'm most proud of on screen is, you know, the Kofi Mania storyline is so moving and incredible. And that's really a testament to Kofi and his career. But I also love that we just got an opportunity to, to tell the story of brotherhood in a very real and authentic sense. I'd never seen anything like that in our industry. I'd never seen two guys say, hey, I want to go through an hour gauntlet. I want to go through hell to get another man an opportunity and for it to feel so genuine. So that's the thing that I really can look back at, at our careers and be so proud at of is 
the fact that we were able to tell different stories in unconventional ways and touch people in ways that you hadn't really seen in, in our industry. And uh, that's, once again, is a huge testament to having great partners who think outside of the box and who are willing to fight for their ideas. Yeah, I got to ask, because uh, it was, I'm sorry, I got to ask this question because it's been, I've been thinking about it, because obviously Black history is Kofi Mania, right? And, we, and he kind of alluded to it. There's a spot when this storyline starts where Kofi and Vince are face to face and Kofi says, you'll never let somebody that looks like me succeed. And Vince responds, nothing is gifted. Everything is earned. Do you all remember that particular moment? Because for a lot of black talent, mm -hmm. black, black fans that were sitting at home for me, I was like, I feel like this every day of my life. I've never. And now it's playing out on screen. Yeah. What was that, that moment like for you guys? It was incredible because, like like he said, everything in this industry is so cutthroat. I don't know how many times we've heard, oh, you guys should fight each other. New Day, oh, you should turn on New Day and be, be bad. Like, all this stuff. And it's like, that story has been told so many times in wrestling. Ten out of ten times, that's what happens for years. But we get the chance to not only, like he said, tell the story of brotherhood, but we get to do it. We got to do it with real feelings and real emotions. So, so this this is a this is a, a reach, but come with me. Do you remember the first time that you saw the trailer for Get Out? Of course, yeah. And you went, "Oh, that's a horror movie. That's like real feelings." No, it doesn't go that deep, but that's like a real thing. Meeting the family and all that stuff. Being able to take a a, a feeling that that so many people can resonate with and put it in a certain genre that you're not necessarily uh, expecting it to be in. I think makes it hit a lot harder because like we said, wrestling is social commentary of the culture and how people feel and how people react and how people really are in real life. So to, to hear that phrase said to somebody that you look up to, to say, said to somebody like Kofi Kingston, what do you mean it's earned? What do you mean Kofi hasn't earned this? What do you mean I felt this? What do you mean I haven't earned this? And you get mad and it gets real, but we get the, we got the chance to tell that actual story. And that's something that no one else could have done. No one else could have done it in the way that we did it. And to be able to bring something like that to the forefront of wrestling for, for, for the culture and for everyone to see that's outside of the culture to understand a little bit more, uh, not on the grand scale, but even a little bit to understand like what it is for, for us to go through wrestling, to go through life, you know? So that's, that's what I think this, this is built for. Wrestling is great. I love wrestling. I would love wrestling to the day that I die, but wrestling is a conduit for, for, storytelling and emotional uh, creation and, and that bond between people that have nothing to do with each other. They just love wrestling. I saw grown men crying at WrestleMania of different yeah. races, different, different I, religions, I hugging. Yes, that's what wrestling's supposed to be. And so when we actually give time to stories and, and let people build houses in different ways and don't just do the same thing year after year after year after year after year, and we get people something different, we get to do something different, that's that's what this is. This is this is art of the highest form. And 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 the whole Kofi Mania situation was was that in perfection, I think. Yeah. And, and I think, too, we wanted to touch on this idea of this this glass ceiling, too, without being explicit with it. You take it how you want to. Is it are we saying that Kofi's too skinny to be, you know, given that world title opportunity? Are we saying He's too black. Like what? So we we didn't necessarily use those terms. We didn't say hit the nail exactly on the head. But Dre, you know what it's like to be incredibly talented, to work very hard, to have all the skills, and yet for some reason you're not getting Looked that over. next jump. 
You're not getting Pass why you're not right. You're 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 doing well. You're not out on the streets. You have a job, but why why is it? And no one's there to say it's because of your race. No one's there to say it's because of your connections. No one's there truly to put it exactly into context why you haven't made that next step. And I think for a lot of us, for people who look like us, we also wonder these things. We're out in the world and we're like, man, I, I stay just as long, if not longer. I work harder. I work extra hours. Why am I not getting that extra opportunity? And oftentimes you, you can't explicitly point at the color of your skin being the reason. Oftentimes we don't know. So I think for us, it was really, we, we, were, try, we were kind of in this, you know, walking a thin line with that storyline, but we wanted to, it to resonate with everyone who felt like they weren't getting that opportunity when they deserved it. But also there are so many of us who look like us, so many black and brown people who, who spent so long, you know, you look at a guy like Kofi, and man, that dude has been absurdly consistent. He's been healthy. He's one of the best human beings you'll ever meet. He's professional. He does everything the right way. As a professional wrestler, he does everything the exact right way and has done it the right way for 15 years. And it took him a decade finally to get that title opportunity. To even just get a title shot, to get an opportunity, took a decade. So, uh, you know, that's one of the things, uh, that storyline I think is so amazing. And, and again, I, I give all the credit to Kofi. That's Kofi's story. I feel like he would have been in that story regardless. He didn't need me in Woods, but it was an honor for me to be a part of it, to help tell the story of brotherhood on top of that. And I think it resonated with people because, uh, and I think the best stories resonate with people because they can be transferred outside of the 20 by 20, outside of the ring. Those themes, those stories we're telling, they hit you in the chest. You don't have to be, uh, you don't have to have trained a day in your life in the ring to understand what it's like to feel like you're worthy of more, but yet for some reason, you're not really given that opportunity. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. That's mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. 
Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. E, I'm going to answer your question why that is. But before I do, I want to address uh, Andreas's uh, did did we remember uh, when Kofi and Vince did that? I remember sitting watching, and I'm going to give you my reaction, and I'm explain my reaction to the people that's listening. I, I looked around to see if anybody was looking <laughs> at my face because that was a question that I always wanted to ask Vince. Like, what do I got to do just to just to do some things that I get to see other people do that they get the opportunity to do, but I don't? And I realized, okay, I pigeonholed myself with, with my previous career. So I was different. But I wanted it for other people. And when he said that, I was like, oh, shit, he, he asked the question. <laughs> it blew my mind. And and it changed, bro. I really do think that that singular moment helped change wrestling. And he's going to be able to have that on his tombstone, like that shit is going to last way longer than the conversation. But to answer your question of why is it like that, um, if you go to the history books, and and this is another reason I told you I always like being around. The New Day, because they were smart and we could have conversations at a level that normal people, not to mention uh, athletes, were not going to have the conversations that we have. And when you open a history book, uh, a lot of times the conversation is the African-American, the person black, the person of color, whatever, however you want to phrase it is the story is untold because they always say, well, it was slavery or a servant, which automatically trivializes you from birth. And when you get trivialized from birth and not having an identity as a person because the Constitution even said that uh, you were not even a whole man. Like, so those situations is what a kid identifies themselves with even when they grow up and they see themselves in a book or referred to in a book as they were their history is of servitude not of creation which is another word that was used just a few minutes ago creation brain thought invention is the word that E use. You see what I'm saying? <clears throat> they don't think from the box. He said creation, and he said that he wanted to innovate. Those are things that our kids are not getting, guys, in books. We have to experience life and to be able to get further education in order to get that. It's our responsibility as black men, 
And as people in the media and as people that have a platform to explain that, we, we do it by showing people. We do it by uh, leading from the front. We're all leaders in our, in our worlds. But at some point, we have to push the world to do it in the books. That's why the, uh, the, the, the videos and uh, the, the Schoolhouse Rocks um, thing that y'all did touched me so much because I'm a book guy. I, I, I want education. And I feel like y'all have added. You too, Andreas. Don't, don't think just because you ain't took a backdrop that you ain't did your damn thing. I watch you. <laughs> you and E are important people in black society. But it needs to be it needs to be furthered now. And it's not up to us now. It's up to uh the people that are making the books to re reeducate America on what the existence of a black man, black woman is in this world. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, this is a great segue for, for Dre and I uh, to talk about the project Our Heroes Rock, you alluded to with our partner, Johnny. And that's one of the things, too. I, I think it's a matter also of education. You know, you have, especially in the state of Florida, you have a lot of people who want to cease the education of black history. And, and I think for us, like what I really want to demonstrate to all people, especially to people of color, to young black, you know, boys and girls, is we also just don't, our understanding of who we are and the people who've come before us is often so narrow. But we don't know about, uh, you know, the first uh, self-made black millionaire. We don't know that a, a black man is the person who invented the modern traffic signal. We, we don't know these things. So when we have, when we stop just teaching that black history is slavery, MLK, Rosa Parks, that, you know, we are so much more than our pain, than our trauma, than our grief. We are so much more than that. And there are people who've come long before us, but we just don't know their stories. We don't know about the black men and women who've done incredible things in politics, in arts, in literature. We, our people are so resilient, so brilliant, so strong. And, and I think that's one of the things that's so important to us is like, I just really want to demonstrate that the black experience in America is not this. We're not this narrow. We're not just in this little box of pain and trauma. And oh yeah, a few of us became rappers and athletes. No, there's so much more to what it means to be black in this country. We have done so many beautiful things. And, and I think education is a key part of that. So if, if we can contribute in our own little way, in our own box, in this industry, in pro wrestling, I think that's really beautiful. Because my hope is that when you know Montez Ford uh, wins a world title, that's not a weird thing. Like, you know, the whole, I remember as a kid, right. the black, the black quarterback it's, it's expected. debate. Right, right. The whole remember the whole black quarterback debate, and it was it was weird. You'd see a couple here yeah. and there, but now it's common, and it's less of a debate. And and it's just my hope is that young, you know, black boys and girls that they see the world as their oyster, that they don't look into a field of interest, something that they love, that they don't whether it's comic books, whether it's science, whatever it is, that they don't think, oh, I can't do that because people that look like me have never done that. I hope that when they look around, anything that pops into their mind that they love, that they're passionate about, that they see, oh, there are people who came before me who did it at the very highest level. And that's my hope. Man, like you, the adopting, um, adopting stories that came from black people, 
like the Long Ranger. A lot of people don't realize that it's a true story, but it's not. It's not. It wasn't a white dude with a mask. It was a dude named Bass Reeves, who who was they said was the fastest gun that anybody had ever seen. A man that spoke five different Indian dialects that had the respect of the Indian people. That's why he was able to navigate from coast to coast doing all of these incredible things because he could communicate. And people trusted him not to look at them as brown people and say, you're guilty. Mm-hmm. Right. But here's the, here's, sorry, sorry, real quick. Here's the thing with Bass Reeves. I didn't know about Bass Reeves until Watchmen came out. And that's what, like, the, the show on HBO. Same thing with uh, the, the Tulsa Massacre, the race riot. Like, a lot of people, I knew about it, but a lot of people had never heard of it until Watchmen. And we're talking, well, Watchmen came out, what, three, four years ago? Not that long, a few years ago. And I think, too, I think that's why, you know, for a while, as a young person, I thought, I want to be a doctor or uh, a lawyer. I want to help people. But I didn't really know how. I, I went to school. I was uh, pre-med for a little bit. Very quickly found out, no, you're, you're not going to be a doctor. That's not for you. But I, so when I started wrestling, I was like, how is this helping people? And it took me a while to understand the value of it. But for me, I, I think culture, I think television, I think film can really change hearts and minds. It can and change I think that's it. why. It can yeah. And that's why I started mm-hmm. looking at what we do, not just as silly and trivial, but it matters to people. It really does matter to people because people learn about bastards. People learn uh, about the, the massacre in Tulsa through culture and through art. And uh, and I think, it, I think e, what we do is important. You, 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 can you imagine if the first black wrestler, 1917, virtual small, if he can see you, if, not only be a free man, but you telling people what you're going to do as opposed to being told what to do. Mm-hmm. And the, the whole story, like, I don't know if y'all know about Jim Mitchell, the original Black Panther. Jim Mitchell was the guy that broke the color barrier in wrestling. It wasn't Bobo Brazil. No disrespect to the, uh, the, 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 the winner of the history gets to tell the story. So WWE won history in wrestling. So they were able to tell the story of the fact that uh, Bobo Brazil broke the color barrier. But Jim Mitchell, the original Black Panther, he sold out the Coliseum with Gorgeous George in Los Angeles, 42,000 people in the 50s. He traveled the world wrestling white wrestlers. Australia, Canada, being all all over Europe and couldn't even go, couldn't even come home to America after serving the military, after uh, leading the troops. He did all the calisthenics and strength training and conditioning for the soldiers uh, from 1944 uh, to 1947. And you come back to America and you can't even walk across the street. Yeah. Imagine, I mean, this is a this is this is a guy. So I want y'all, there's John Cosper, this guy named John Cosper wrote this book, The Original Black Panther. Y'all can write that down and, and get that later on. But like the history of wrestling is the same as the history 
uh, of, of world history uh, as it relates. The stories have been adopted and changed to fit whites rather than let that story be told. And it was a story about a black guy. Like, it's, 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 it's time to start changing stuff in the books. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get off my soapbox now. And, and well, But we hear about black history. Black history is not the month for me. Black history is every day, all year long, uh, educating my kids, educating anybody that's around me. If I know something, I found out something, I read something that I think that my brothers don't know, I'm going to teach them. Hmm. We're all supposed to do that. So uh, hmm. you, you guys are a credit to pro wrestling. You're a before credit we, to the societies we, that y'all live in. Up, before you wrap stuff up, can I jump in on something that you said? Oh, yeah. You were talking about, it was a while ago, the importance of, of uh, you know, the winners write the history, and it's that idea of ownership. And I think that that is something that has become so incredibly important to to so many people because that is how we advance is by owning things and being in charge and making our own things, making our own animated shows like Ian Andreas are doing. Um, that's why I focus on making the YouTube channel, like something that we we own and can can be in charge of, because that's how we begin to write history. Just take the reins because if no one's going to write our history the right way for us, we have to do it ourselves. And now putting that in the right light, young black kids seeing that, young white kids seeing that, young Asian kids seeing that, they start to realize, oh, you shouldn't put black people in a box. So now those young black kids who already know the message but might feel weird about it at school because they get made fun of for liking certain things or they get you know shunned for this or for that. Now hopefully those kids that are outside go, oh, I'm not going to treat these kids like that because they are more because I know that that's wrong. And these kids now have a new confidence and they can go even further. Like we have only attempted to stand on, on y'all's shoulders, Mark. We took what y'all made and we tried to go even further with y'all's help. And now hopefully this next generation can do that same thing. And so everybody is where they need to be. And no one has to deal with this, this, this struggle, this glass ceiling or putting these archetype boxes and just not having the ability to fully focus on what you're doing because you're fighting nine battles at once and you're still yeah. expected to succeed while being flanked from behind. All these things are happening to you. And so I don't, I just don't think that people really understand what it is that, that people go through. And so being able to tell that through wrestling is so, is so great and owning those stories and being the forefront of them is so incredibly helpful. So I just want to get that in there because I heard you say ownership. <laughs> Yeah, so before we go home, I, I want to add one last thing and put it out to you guys. The more things change, the more they stay the same. And Ron DeSantis right now is trying to prevent kids from learning about Black history. The overall concept is everyone loves the New Day, but the reality is that there are a group of people out there that don't like what you guys do and don't like what you guys have projected. When George Floyd passed away in 2020, you guys made a statement in the wrestling ring and it, a lot of people accepted it, but there are going to be people that push back. How have y'all dealt with any negative reaction to what y'all have done? Because being unapologetically black does get backlash. And sometimes people do not see what you guys have had to deal with from these very quiet sectors that have gotten very loud because of a certain president that was in office. Yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely um, difficult in any scenario to try to get everyone 
on board with you, to get everyone to like you. Um, so I think for us specifically, we do our best to combat the negative side with positivity, because if we come to that with negativity and then there's only one way that that's going to go it's it's not going to end in, in, in a good way and you're never going to change anybody's mind by yelling at them or being argumentative with them it's just you keep that positive experience out there you keep pushing that positive energy out there and the people that can hear it will hear it and the hope from for me at least is that more and more people hear it and that gets it into more and more cultures and then people have less and less things to deal with essentially but uh but but it, it is a very, very heavy thing to try to get through some people's heads when you are just talking about equality, you know, and then people take that as, oh, well, you're taking from these. No, we're we're equaling things out, just getting equal opportunities and making sure that people have the chance to actually learn about everybody and not just one specific way. And then we get February, we get 28 days to pack it all in. No, man, it's it's American history. It's worldwide history. That should be learned all year long. And so uh, uh, is that. And just trying oh, to put as much great. positive out there as we can. Yeah. And also and uh, we, to end on like a hopeful note, uh, honestly, the outpouring of, of love uh, was almost overwhelming after we made that statement. Uh, it, it really. It, it, it gave me so much hope in this community. I think there's so many wrestling fans who supported it, um, who wanted to see uh, wrestlers, you know, take a stand for something they believed in, who believe in the message. So, uh, you know, I, I know for sure that there aren't a ton of, you know, you know, sometimes, especially in the state of Florida, uh, but around the country too, there are a lot of people who want to be dismissive of that message. But uh, I'm also hopeful because I found a lot of people who really wanted to learn more. Uh, a lot of people uh, who asked for, for books, a lot of non-Black people who asked me for books afterwards, who asked me, uh, how can I learn more? How can I do more? A lot of people who really wanted to see a more equitable country and a more equitable world. So uh, that to me, that's what encourages me. I don't spend a lot of time focusing on the people who, who want to see uh, these things be pushed into a corner or be shut down entirely, because I think there are a lot of people who want to see uh, this world become a better place, who want to see this become a, a more equitable country for all. So uh, it, did, it definitely gave me some hope and encouragement because I saw a lot of people uh, who wanted this place to be better for all of us. And, and that's the hope is that we can contribute, hopefully, uh, to making this uh, industry a better place for people of all colors, uh, sexual orientation, wherever you come from, uh, that a lot of the things that made it difficult for performers to really do everything they dreamed of, uh, we hope that we can start chipping away at those things. Man, that's the can't say it any better. So I appreciate y'all. And before I say goodbye, I have to give you all your flowers because you guys have meant the world to me. Mark, you too. Like as as a as somebody who's watched for so long, to see all of us sitting here today and having these conversations is so important. But the fight is never over because until Black history is American history, we still got to push on. Breaking through barriers just isn't enough. We got so much more to do. Uh, appreciate everybody for listening to this very special Black History Month episode of Busted Open Radio. I'm Andreas Hale. That's Mark Henry. And you've been tuned in with Xavier Woods and Big E for this fantastic episode. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And don't forget, Busted Open is live Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time. But until next time, Mark, we're out of here. Peace. We're out, man. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open 
Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. SiriusXM Podcasts. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.